I'm Meg Dahl, your unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. It's Meg here as always and I am sitting here in my office right now. Penny is curled up right next to me in her basket. She loves being in my office while I record these episodes for you and we are having a unseasonably chilly July day today. So I am really excited to record this episode for you and then have a nice cozy meal inside and curl up with my book. Basically, that is what I want to do for the rest of my day. And I think my period is on her way and that actually has to do with what we'll be talking about today. So... On Instagram yesterday, I knew I would be recording this podcast for you today. So in my stories yesterday, I put up a question sticker because I really love to collect questions from you just so I can answer anything that is coming up for you and just release a podcast episode with a topic that is something that you something that like covers something that's coming up for you right now. And I was honestly shocked at how many questions I received because sometimes I'll put a question box up and then I'll get, you know, a handful of questions which I super appreciate, but honestly, I could not believe the amount of questions that came in. And what's really interesting too is that even though I don't create a lot of content on social media and even the podcast these days, like it's not like my content is focused around hypothalamic amenorrhea and periods and hormones and that sort of thing. It is so interesting to me and I love it that so many of you come my way and stick around with me for the hypothalamic amenorrhea period related stuff. I love it because you all know that I really love this topic too, which kind of brings me to something I do want to talk about. And I'm likely going to put up a post on Instagram about this today or later on this week. But I just want to talk a little bit about how Right now, I have been doing a lot of, like my main focus is somatic experiencing, which means like trauma healing and nervous system regulation and completing like fight, flight, freeze responses, you know, doing that type of inner trauma healing work and even though that is such a huge focus and, you know, the course that I'm going through right now and 
by the end of this year, I'm going to be fully certified as a somatic experiencing practitioner. So even though that is largely like my focus, I am never going to stop talking about hypothalamic amenorrhea recovery because the two go hand in hand. And a lot of that is going to come out as I cover to like all of the questions that I received today. And actually, I received a lot of questions. So if you're someone who submitted a question to me, and you don't hear your question on this episode, there's probably going to be a part two, which works out really great because I'm actually away next week. I have my kind of like bachelorette getaway, even though I haven't, I haven't really been referring to it as like a bachelorette weekends or whatever. I've been calling it my chill girls getaway or like my little girls getaway because it's tiny. Um, only my bridesmaids were invited. So super small group of us gals, not everyone could join. And we're just, we rented an Airbnb in BC and it's going to be super chill. And I'm just really excited. Like, I just feel like I need a week away. Like I feel that in my body that I just need like this time away. And even though I really want this time away, I am going to have a podcast episode recorded for you. So with all that being said, I'm going to split up your questions into two different episodes. So if you don't hear your question covered today, then stick around and come back next week because it will be on next week's podcast episode. But like I was saying, how nervous system and somatic experiencing work go hand in hand with HA recovery and hormones and just having a like optimizing your cycle because our hormones are so greatly impacted by the state of our nervous system. So if we are in a chronic state of fight or flight, this is so often when we see things like hypothalamic amenorrhea or hormone imbalances happen and someone with a a more regulated nervous system and this really thriving nervous system our hormones are also going to reflect that too because it all comes back down to safety the body wants to feel safe the nervous system wants to feel safe and in order to have healthy, thriving, optimal hormones, like that happens when the body feels safe, when the nervous system feels safe. And when it doesn't, we have these hormone imbalances and issues with our cycle. So that is why, in short, why I will never stop talking about HA while I am focusing on nervous system regulation and healing and somatic experiencing type of work because the two go hand in hand. And I recently had a discovery call with a gal 
And she came to me for hypothalamic amenorrhea recovery support. And like I said, so many people in our community come to me still, even after all of these years, for support with HA, even if I'm not talking about it all the time. And I love when I get clients come to me for hypothalamic amenorrhea recovery support because we can focus on that and it gives us this space to understand the nervous system better and just kind of like start befriending our nervous system, create this whole new relationship with our nervous system. And this is just so important. And I think, you know, so many of us, like myself included, when I was going through HA recovery, we really don't have like a really good understanding of our nervous system and how the nervous system really does play such a huge role in our hormones and whether we have a period or not, for an example. So anyways, if you are listening to this podcast episode because you are on a HA recovery journey, just know that I'm here for you and I can support you in that aspect of your healing, but also we can like focus and support your nervous system as well, which is just such a key, key component to your healing. So anyways, that's enough of me kind of doing an intro. Although if you are interested in wedding updates and stuff, just a quick one here. I had my hair trial on Monday and she nailed it. So I'm super happy about that. I was able to go to the seamstress, try my dress on, with my hair all done and it was the first time during this entire wedding planning thing that I actually felt like a bride like it was pretty crazy I was like oh my gosh it's happening it actually feels like things are coming together and it just felt so cool so let's dive in because that's enough wedding chat and like personal chat so (laughs) question number one I love this question. So she's asking how to keep pushing forward in eating disorder recovery. I can do one to two days of being brave. Then I run back. I think this question is so powerful. And one of the reasons why I was like, oh my goodness, we need to separate these questions into at least two parts because I'm probably going to be rambling on this answer for quite some time. Not rambling because it's just a really loaded but great question. So something I want to point out just right off the bat, like how to keep pushing forward in eating disorder recovery like that word pushing now absolutely like I mean I've been in eating disorder recovery before and it is like a daily thing like we have to wake up every single day and choose recovery right and so I'm wondering even if that small change when she says how to keep pushing forward in eating disorder recovery I'm wondering if we can even 
shift that to what if every day you woke up and chose recovery today rather than feeling like it has to be this really big push now eating disorder recovery like it ain't no easy thing right so many people are in recovery for years I think honestly I don't have the specific statistic right in front of me but I do believe And I remember when I was going through recovery, I remember my dad telling me that on average, it takes the average person to recover from an eating disorder seven years. That's the average amount of time it takes someone to recover from an eating disorder. So it's not easy. And I just want to be mindful of like the language used here. And that's something that I do a lot with my clients. Like I I really do believe that recovery doesn't have to feel like this really heavy burden, right? Healing and recovering should feel like this very expansive thing. And so that's why I'm suggesting like, can we maybe release the idea that eating disorder recovery has to be some type of grind and what can shift if we wake up every day and simply see it as like this choice to recover every day and like how does that how does that change things and maybe it doesn't change anything but that is The first thing that caught my attention there and what I would be curious about. Now, the second part of her question, when she says, I can do one to two days of being brave, then I run back. Now, this makes so much sense. And let me explain it to you from kind of like a nervous system perspective. So like I said at the beginning of the show, when we understand our nervous system and kind of like take our healing journey from a or through a nervous system lens or have that approach to our healing, a lot of things can change. So going back to I can do one to two days of being brave, then I run back. What this might be suggesting and what this Like the way that I see this is perhaps you're just kind of like going from where you are right now to just kind of like jumping off the edge and diving right in, right? Like maybe that's essentially what you're saying about being brave and for just kind of um, more basic terms (laughs) rather than me using like this um, imagery of like stepping off a cliff and just like diving right in, you know, it might just be doing too much, too fast all at once. And when we do that, when we approach healing in that way, the nervous system doesn't feel safe. So eating disorder recovery is going to feel a little bit activating. Like I said, eating disorder recovery is no walk in the park. It's not easy. But if we go from not being in recovery at all, maybe being like 
completely tangled up in an eating disorder and then we just dive right in and it's not so much in eating disorder recovery world but in hypothalamic amenorrhea recovery world people use the term all in and essentially in my mind at least and how it felt in my body was all in was kind of like that stepping off the edge of a cliff and just diving right in and letting go of everything that I was doing, right? And we can't do that. It's kind of um, also sometimes described as white knuckling our way through things, right? So doing way too much, too fast, all at once. And that's so overwhelming for the nervous system and really not honoring the capacity of your own nervous system. And so the reason why I'm talking about this and sharing all of this is because when she says I can do one to two days of being brave, then I run back. That's telling me that perhaps we're just doing way too much all at once. And the nervous system isn't ready for that. And it's overwhelmed. And then that's turning us right back to our old patterns. And so this is why, you know, like working with someone that does understand the nervous system that can notice and get to know your own capacity and support you in taking these steps that are a little activating, but you can do them. Okay, that is what I mean when I am talking about a little bit of activation during recovery, but nothing too overwhelming. It's taking these steps and we in somatic experiencing world, we call them tolerable steps. I'm always talking about tolerable steps with my clients. What is that next tolerable step? that we can take. And when I use the word tolerable, it means that it's a little bit activating, but we can still do it and we're still okay. Now, if something is like way too much and way too fast all at once, that sort of thing, that's the type of steps that we can take in recovery that will send us back to those old patterns. So to this listener who's asking like how to keep pushing forward in eating disorder recovery bef- like so I don't constantly like go running back to these old habits because I just kind of get burnt out of being brave right those aren't all her exact words but essentially that's what's happening she's do- being brave for one to two days and then she feels like she has to go running back because it's just so much And so what I would suggest to this listener who submitted this question is, can we honor the capacity of your nervous system? Can we maybe turn the dial down just a little bit or a lot? I don't know exactly what you're doing right now. Um, I don't know this person at all. But we might have to turn the dial way back. And what would be a step that is a little activating, but you could still do? That doesn't feel way too much. Okay, so that is exactly 
what I would say to this individual. And honestly, I'm wishing you all the best in your eating disorder recovery journey. Recovery is possible. I also had an eating disorder for many, many years. If you're not familiar with my story, um, I was diagnosed with my first eating disorder when I was 10. I recovered from that, relapsed when I was 15, and honestly struggled with that eating disorder for many, many years because it started as anorexia and then morphed into orthorexia. Even though I thought I was recovered, I didn't know it was orthorexia. And I I see that a lot happening in the eating disorder recovery space. And I just want you to know that recovery is possible. And I don't know if you're doing this recovery journey on your own or if you have support in your life or if you are looking for support in your life just know it's there because people like myself exist and whether that's me who supports you in your recovery journey or someone else that you feel called to work with just know that people are here to support you and recovery absolutely is possible I Never in my wildest dreams to quote Miss Taylor Swift, I never ever thought that recovery and being where I am today in my life, I never thought that was possible, not at all. And here I am because I did just as you're doing, you know, like doing the thing every single day. But like I said, maybe we're just pushing a little too hard, right? So what if we just like toned the dial back a little bit? We still did the activating things because like I said, recovery's no walk in the park. It is going to be activating, but it doesn't have to feel overwhelming to your system. And I think that is the key thing here, okay? So I do want to answer one more question because this gal sent me a DM back in June and I had plans to cover her or answer her question in my Instagram stories, but we're recording a podcast episode and I feel like it's a good question to jam out on during this last half of the episode. All right. So her question is, would you be able to do a podcast episode about how to recover from hypothalamic amenorrhea and an eating disorder at the same time as dealing with other health conditions? Maybe you have some insights after your own experience with having a parasite. Also, could you do an episode about you dealing with a parasite, like how you found out what tests you did, what you did to treat it, if you started HA recovery during or after dealing with your parasite? So the reason why I was going to talk about this in my Instagram stories was because I really don't talk about parasite stuff all that much like the reason for that is I am more than happy to talk about HA and eating disorder topics on the podcast because I help clients I support clients with hypothalamic amenorrhea and eating disorders however you know 
parasite stuff. I did have a parasite myself at one point in time in my life, like back in 2017-ish, 2016, 2017. So quite a while ago. What is that? Like seven years ago? That's bananas. So I personally, you know, if a client came to me with a parasite um, and that's specifically what they were wanting to work on, I would refer them to someone else, even though I could support them. It's just not my, not my area of where I support clients. However, HA and eating disorders absolutely are. So if that's something that you do want support with, I think I've made that clear already that I can be that person to support you. So let's talk about the parasite thing, how I found out what tests I did and what I did to treat it. And then if I recovered from HA while. So a parasite, I was having a lot of symptoms and I was actually going through the restorative wellness solutions program at the time. So I am also a holistic nutritionist and to expand my practice and just start to be able to run tests such as blood tests and Dutch tests, which are like dried urine tests for um, hormones and like saliva tests and also stool tests. So I was in a program called Restorative Wellness Solutions all about doing that. So I was getting certified to do all of that. And during that time, I really wasn't feeling well. I was dealing with a lot of issues. I was just like super dizzy all the time. I was just having all of these very strange issues all of the time, migraines, and they were very cyclical. So I had someone suggest to me, one of my really good friends, she's also a holistic nutritionist. And she suggested to me that maybe I was dealing with a parasite because typically when someone is dealing with parasite stuff, their symptoms will be cyclical. Specifically, your symptoms may be getting worse around the time of the full moon because full moons can actually activate parasites. So if you are kind of like thinking maybe you have a parasite, I would just kind of Um, be mindful of that. Start taking note of when there's a full moon and notice if your symptoms kind of follow that cycle, if they're always getting worse around the full moon. Now, I would suggest if you are thinking possibly that you have a parasite that is causing all of your symptoms, you can run a stool test. Now, if you're in Canada, um, you can, and I'm speaking like I'm saying if you're in Canada because I'm in Canada and I know how our healthcare system works, I was able to go to my doctor and just get a stool test. So parasites can be really difficult and tricky to actually pick up in a stool test. Again, depending when you test during the cycle of the full moon, sometimes they're easier to um, detect around the full moon. So keep that in mind as well. So going back to my time studying in restorative wellness solutions, I ran a stool test on myself. There was no indication of parasites. And then I ran a stool test through my doctor 
and they were able to notify me that I had a parasite. So I had blastocystis hominis. It's a super, super, super small itty bitty parasite and very common in North America. So a lot of the clients that I worked with back in the day, that was the type of parasite that we saw. So if you are thinking that you have a parasite, I would suggest working with a practitioner who can run you a stool test and knows what they're looking for and what they're doing. And that's what I would recommend. So just a good old stool test. Like I said, you can also do this through your doctor, but it is really helpful to work with someone who is actually kind of like familiar with working and eradicating parasites. Now, once I found out that I had a parasite, like I said, I was in a program learning all about like supporting the body and clients. If I had clients dealing with these issues, like I was given protocols to support my clients. So I have many, many parasite protocols um, that I know of that I, I just did one on myself and it worked really well. So basically um, you can use supplements to eradicate parasites. However, like it is important to know which type of parasite you are dealing with because they do require different types of eradication protocols. And there are really important things to know when eradicating a parasite. So that is why I am going to constantly be saying, make sure that if you are eradicating a parasite, because yeah, you can just like hop on Google and you can literally Google anything these days and find some sort of answer. So you could hop on Google how to eradicate a parasite and you can find probably millions of protocols. However, I would never recommend doing that. I would strongly, strongly, strongly um, urge you to work with a practitioner that knows what they are doing because you can take um, supplements, but there is something called like a biofilm buster, for lack of a better word. So it breaks up the biofilm. So parasites like create a biofilm around themselves to like protect themselves to make it even harder to eradicate them. And so there's something called a biofilm disruptor that you need to take beforehand. So it's not just like as easy as, oh, I'm just going to take these few supplements and this parasite's going to be gone. Um, it is really important to work with a practitioner that knows what they're doing. So that is what I would say about parasite eradication. Now, for me personally, um, I knew I didn't have a period during this time of my life when I was dealing with a parasite. However, I was kind of like blaming the parasite for lack of my period. Like I knew I was dealing with a parasite, which was a huge stressor on my body and my gut. And I thought, well, maybe this is a reason I'm not getting my period. Remember, this was version of Meg back in 2017. So I thought that I was totally fine and um, I could just do 
this parasite protocol and hopefully that was the stress that was causing me to have no period well you know gals like (laughs) even though I thought I was eating enough back then I really wasn't and I had to do a lot more healing to get my period back specifically you know my relationship with myself my relationship with my body and my body image and many 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 past versions of myself so welcome parts work and somatic therapy into my life and that is like all of that type of healing is what brought my period back along with eating more food but I wasn't actually able to do that without doing all of the other inner healing that I did so eradicating my period or eradicating my parasite part of me had nothing to do with like me actually getting my period back it was all of the other work that I just mentioned that actually brought my period back. So specifically to answer this listener question, um, I did HA recovery afterwards. Is this what I would recommend? No, Um, you definitely don't have to eradicate your parasite first. Like I said, I just thought, oh, maybe my body's so stressed from this parasite And once I eradicate this parasite, then my period will come back. Well, I eradicated it and it was like a year later and I still had no period. But um, that's pretty obvious as to why right now, because we need enough calories coming in. We need enough protein. We need enough fat. We need probably triple the amount of carbs you can even imagine um, that your body needs. Anyways, I needed a whole lot more food and I also needed to do a lot of repairing my relationship with my body and just how I treated myself and showed up for myself. So going back to the first part of her question is how to recover from hypothalamic amenorrhea and eating disorders at the same time as dealing with health conditions. Um, First of all, it's possible. We don't need to prioritize like health conditions first to then just like get a period back and recover from an eating disorder. So the thing about like an eating disorder especially if it's a restrictive one such as anorexia and you're not getting enough energy in, this is going to really impact so much of how your body functions, like your digestive system. So I see this a lot, like girls who are struggling with an eating disorder, or I should say individuals struggling with an eating disorder, you can... and. I speak from experience too. This was totally me. Struggling with an eating disorder or disordered eating, not eating enough, that sort of thing. And you feel like you're dealing with all of these health issues, specifically like digestion, right? That's a huge one. Or hormone imbalances. That is a huge one. Um, And we think like, oh, I have all of these health issues, but... So like our bodies cannot function properly if we don't have enough energy coming in, 
right? And so I would strongly recommend working with a practitioner who is very well versed in eating disorders and just receive the support that you need. So you are able to start fueling your body with enough energy. So your body actually has the energy to put towards all of the other systems within your body, like how your brain functions and how your digestive system runs and how your reproductive system functions, right? Like we need so much energy just to keep all of those things going. And so when we can like address the eating disorder, then other things can fall into place too, right? So when she's asking like how to recover from hypothalamic amenorrhea and an eating disorder at the same time as health conditions, she doesn't specifically say what type of health conditions, but in my personal experience and as a practitioner who works with many, many clients with HA and eating disorders and other health issues, so many of those like mysterious types of health issues that seemed like totally different than the eating disorder and the HA, it might just be a result of them. And so once we start bringing in enough energy through food, right, and get the body to a safe and healthy place again, then a lot of those like mysterious health issues, and I'm not saying this listener who submitted this question has like mysterious health issues, but for a lot of us, it feels that way. It feels like, oh man, I'm I'm dealing with all of these health issues and I don't understand why, right? But like I said, our bodies need tons of energy to function properly. And when we do the work that needs to be done in order to recover from an eating disorder, it's most likely that you will no longer have HA because HA is most often due to a lack of like lack of energy coming in, right? So we correct that energy deficit and we dr- address those stressors and that's really where this nervous system work comes in, right? And I applaud all of my clients who have come to me for support on their HA recovery journey because they know that it's not just about eating enough and they know it's not just about maybe like dialing back their intense exercise, right? But we really do need to support the nervous system in returning to a place of safety. And that's what this somatic experiencing really allows us to do. And so with all that being said, I think when we look at the eating disorder and address that, you know, it's the eating disorder is likely what caused the HA. And so it's kind of like taking that root cause approach, right? If we address the eating disorder, you're likely going to get your period back because the eating disorder is likely what caused your period to go missing in the first place. And then I'm not sure what this specific listener is dealing with 
in other ways, like when she talks about other health conditions. But like I said, a lot of those resolve themselves as well when we recover from an eating disorder by like getting enough energy in and tending to our nervous system and returning to this place of safety inside of ourselves. And once again, I'm going to wrap up this question how I did with the last question and just let you all know and just remind you that, you know, eating disorder recovery and just recovery in general, whatever it is that you're experiencing, recovery is possible, healing is possible, your body is literally wired to heal. Like that is what your body is doing at all times. You know, I dropped something on my finger the other day and my finger got smashed between some metal and I had this huge gash on my finger and I didn't even have to do anything, right? Like I ran it under some water, but I didn't actually do anything. My body just knows exactly how to heal this gash on my finger all on its own without me even having to think about it or actually do anything intentional. And the same thing goes for all of our healing. Like your body wants you to heal and you're meant to heal and you are capable of healing my darlings. So if you are looking for support on your healing journey, just know I am here for you. I am going to be away next week, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, but I will be back the following week. And if you want to schedule a discovery call with me to learn more about what it might look like if we work together and how that all works and just meet me and make sure we're a good fit to work together. I would love to do that. So I'll leave my email in the show notes and feel free to email me. I would love to chat with you, meet with you, and maybe even work with you in the future. So lots of love going out to all of you and I'll get back to more of your questions in next week's episode. 